Blessings, and welcome to Arms Upheld, Support in Life's Hard Battles. I'm Lynn Pierce, and I'm here to hold up your arms with encouragement, something to think on, and a prayer to focus on the one who holds all things together while you continue to fight the battles in your life. In the midst of battle, life can feel overwhelming, challenging, or beyond. I don't know what God has called you to do, what battlefield you are walking through, but at times you may find yourself feeling this way. I want you to know that even though your battle likely looks different than mine, I'm here to support you. I want to stand with you until the breakthrough happens and you can see the victory materialize. My hope is that these few minutes we spend together will help you lighten your load, feel seen, connected, and loved, and fix your eyes on Jesus. Let's begin with God's Word. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. From 1 Samuel 16, verses 10 and 11, from the New Living Translation. Welcome back to the family of Jesse, who had seven sons, which have just been paraded before the prophet Samuel, and we still have not encountered the one God has chosen to be Israel's next king. This was Samuel's purpose in coming to Bethlehem in the first place. God told him in verse 1, Find a man named Jesse who lives there, for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. We learned last week that God warned Samuel to not look at the outward appearance, but at the heart, as he does. Then son after son came before him, but God repeated the same message. This is not the one I have chosen. And so, we are at the end of the line. Samuel asked if there were any more sons. Essentially, Jesse answered, just the youngest. This son hadn't even made the cut for being considered one of Jesse's sons. He was viewed as good for looking after the livestock, but little else. And with seven older brothers, he likely had little to no ambition. He seemed resigned to his role, perhaps even committed, choosing to find joy in his life despite the rejection of others. Now, Samuel requested his presence, even saying, We will not sit down to eat until he arrives, which is the rest of verse 11. When Samuel saw him, even before his name was recorded, the Lord said, This is the one. Anoint him. It isn't until verse 13 that the boy's name is mentioned. David. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. We hear that God has chosen him before we hear his name. And then his name is mentioned three times in one verse. 
I think there are two ways we can learn from the life of David here. One is what we do when we reach the end of our lines, which may be more a lesson from Samuel and Jesse, but let's look at it. Have you ever had an end of the line? Perhaps it's more like the end of our rope. There's a limit, something we can't see past. This is far as we can go on our own, but it's never the end for God. There is always more. There is a kind word when all we've heard is critical remarks. There's a deep breath when that last nerve has frayed. There's a bath or a piece of chocolate at the end of the day. And there is a young boy in the fields who isn't even considered a son of Jesse. So this is like the seven boys lined up to play three on three and choose teams, plus a ref. And David isn't even thought of to invite over. Which brings us to the second lesson. David is seen. Even when he has little to no value to his family, beyond the service he can provide, God saw him. Before he is named in the Bible, he is chosen. And if we're looking at names, David means beloved, which is a bit ironic at this point in his story, for he definitely was not beloved by his family, but he was always beloved in the eyes of God, and later became Israel's beloved king. So even if we feel overlooked in our families or culture, we can look at the life of David and find kinship. And we can remember that where the world may see a forgotten weakling, God sees royalty. God knows our name. He claims us as his own and will repeat our name over and over again through the process of filling us with his Holy Spirit. So remember, the end of the line to us is never the end to God. And you are always seen by that God who calls you by name. Let's pray. Almighty Lord and Savior, you are so much more than we can fathom. Thank you for stepping in at our neediest moments when we simply cannot see a way to keep on. Our limits are invitations to receive your divine touch in our lives. And no matter where we are, you see us. You call us your own, and you call us by our name. You desire to be close to us, and for us to be close to you. Fill us with your spirit as we continue on our own missions to serve you and proclaim your gospel. In the name of Jesus, amen.
Thank you for spending a few minutes with me. Your time is precious and I appreciate it. If you enjoyed this podcast and it has helped you in any way, please tell a friend so it may bless them as well. You can find links in the show notes to connect with me on Instagram or through my website and even subscribe to my email list. As always, your battle may look different than mine, but let's stand together. I'll keep your arms upheld until victory is real in your life. Remember, God is for you, and so am I.